Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Carlos Silva, the sports editor here at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and you're listening to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Appreciate you listening, and of course, since it's the LSV Podcast, that means i got Mike Graham with me, who's fired up as always, because there's uh, football to be played starting on Thursday, and the rest of the weekend, Mike? Yes, that is true, always fired up, um, and uh, I mean, we'll just jump right into it. I, I think um, I've got a lot of thoughts on, on last week, and... Yep. Really excited about what Week Five brings to the to the plate. Well, let's uh, let's like you said, let's kind of start with some of the stuff that happened from last week. Uh, what were some things that really kind of stood out to you? And then, of course, we'll kind of preview some of the games that are coming up this Friday. But I, I think the the biggest uh, thing from last week, I guess, we'll we'll, we'll kind of start us off with you. Yeah, obviously, um, the games that I attend to are, are obviously the the deepest in my mind and uh, saw a really good Lubbock Cooper team go up against what I think is eventually going to be a pretty good Monterey team. Yep. Uh, was really impressed with Cooper and I've got this uh, creeping suspicion it's going to be a pretty good season for them. Uh, that game gave them what I've termed the mythical city championship because not everyone plays head to head. There's no way to really figure that out but they have wins against Coronado Friendship and uh, now Monterey and I think that those are probably the the, the top teams as, as far as from the big school that, you, that you'd want to get by. Uh, that was the most pairings of Lubbock versus Lubbock teams fathomable, uh, and they took all three of them. So really excited to see what they do in the future. And obviously I, Isaiah Johnson, their new running back, uh, transfer from Lubbock High, another five-touchdown game, averaged 10 yards per carry, um, 21 carries, 214 yards in, in that win. So there's just a lot to like about them. And then the next day, went out to Lubbock High, saw them get uh, head coach Shane Stevens' first win. And, and it was an emotional win. And it was a really good football game that came down to the final 48 seconds. That it did against the Lamisa squad that is kind of looking to kind of bounce back as well. Uh, anything else that really kind of stood out to you in terms of any of those games? I know one of the things I wanted to kind of chat about as you kind of scroll through some of the games from last week was just the, the Lubbock-Cooper-Monterey matchup. I, I kind of mentioned it to you, but I felt like that would be a game where you kind of find you kind of find out what Lubbock-Cooper has and what Monterey has. And I think you realize Monterey is a team that's still looking for a passer. Yes, Corian Bailey can run the football. Yes, he can pass the, the football. But I think one thing that he is developing is his arm. And that's the accuracy. And I think once he gets that, you're going to see a complete quarterback, which could happen in district because sometimes it just takes a couple games to kind of get used to the offense, kind of all those things and what you're doing. Corian Bailey certainly a really good running quarterback. And, of course, uh, the old Plainsmen like to run the football as well with D. Lacey, as uh, Wayne Hutchinson has talked about. He's had to switch around some offensive linemen due to some injuries as well, so that may lead to some uh, adversity, if you will, when you're trying to figure out what you're doing. But the big win against Abilene Wiley, I think, was really the the big win that is going to help them and make them realize, hey, this is this is a good team we have. 
yes, you lost to Lubbock Cooper last week, but as uh, Wayne Hutchinson mentioned in the story that you wrote, he doesn't really kind of take too much uh, thought into non, non-district games. Granted, obviously you want to win all of them, uh, as most coaches do, but certainly the ones that count are the ones that are starting this Friday, and I think this is where Monterey is going to really kind of get its focus. Coach Wayne Hutchinson is known for getting getting their focus pretty well, and uh, it's a team, as you mentioned, could go far in the playoffs and certainly has gone far in the playoffs the last couple of years along with Lubbock Cooper. Yeah, and, and in Monterey's defense, they are dealing with a lot of injuries that yes. obviously they didn't anticipate. Uh, offensive line is, is kind of um, a patchwork right now. Yeah. And then two of their wideouts, um, they have knee injuries who will mm-hmm. not be returning this season. So they're, they're trying to figure that out. And I think, like you said, about, about Corian, and I was sitting up with the Abilene Cooper scouts as they scouted the Lubbock Cooper uh, Monterey game. And they're like, hey, he, he's just not comfortable throwing downfield yet. He, he's, he's worried about what's right in front of him um, and trying to scramble away from that. And, and they understood what that's like. That's pretty normal for, for raising any quarterback along. But I thought he had a breakout game, especially in the second half. Oh, I agree. Jumped from like 37 passing yards to 202. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see what they do against an Abilene Cooper team um, that is fairly young. It looks like all of their best producers are, are sophomores as they try to replace guys like Myler Royals. Yep. And, um, you know, obviously he's at Texas Tech now. Um, but – it's it's funny Monterey kind of opened the South Plains seasons and they're going to get another Thursday game and they're going to open all of district season for us against Cooper. And of course you're talking about the Thursday game that's 7 p.m. Thursday at Lowry Field or Plains Capital Park at Lowry Field should I say you can also catch the action on uh, Fox News since it's on a Thursday it's not a Friday so you can get live coverage of that game and then of course uh, FM 98.1 you can get the information there as well. Yes and, and of course that's uh, Fox News Now. No, Fox not News Fox. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry News. yeah not, not not, it it not is really late it. right now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, and we're both tired. <laughs> yeah, but. Fox News now, Suddenlink Channel 9. So, Yeah, should be a good one. Like I said, I, if, I feel like if they're able to get the running game going with D. Lacey and really kind of set up the pass, not necessarily, you may see him, and by him I mean uh, Corian Bailey get his passing yards, but I think where he is really good is in play-action situations, rolling him out, and I think that's where he's going to really kind of find his niche. And once he gets that, Monterey's going to be a really good team because if you got a guy in D. Lacey that can really spread the spread the uh, spread the defense out because of his running ability, and then of course you never know where Corian Bailey's going. You're going to find an open spot in the defense, and I think that's really going to help them. But now let's go to Friday because I know you're excited about your game going into this one. You you actually get to travel for once, uh, not maybe a 20 minute drive. It's a about a good 40 45 minute drive you get to go to brownfield you get to watch uh, cutter sparks and company yeah really impressed all the way around with shallow water i mean they've just dominated everyone that they, they've played brownfield i went and visited them i think the first day of two a day you and, did and, and Dwayne tolliver who's an old texas tech football player had yeah. come in and just established everything over from tulia and I walked away really impressed with his coaching staff and what they were trying to do and what they were trying to accomplish and what they're going to be trying to what they're going to try to accomplish over the next couple of years. And it's already it already seems like it's paying dividends because this team is three and one beat Muleshoe. Mm-hmm. I know that Muleshoe is really struggling this season. Yeah, uh, but they've got some good wins. Tahoka was a really good win. A running and, team and then a, a quote unquote passing team, mm-hmm. so you can kind of have success against both those type of offenses. And their only losses against Slayton. Yeah. And granted, it was a blowout loss, but I think that we've been learning over the past couple of weeks how good Slayton actually is. So absolutely, especially with that with that tough loss to New Deal and kind of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But just kind of. 
I guess what 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 was the biggest thing you learned from them? I know you said that they're kind of building towards the future, but what were some of, or maybe who were some of the players you kind of spoke to that you kind of felt were going to have big years? And I guess who are some guys that maybe people don't know from Brownfield? Because everyone we can talk about Cutter Sparks all day. We can talk about Hayden Vanderost all day, Braxton Hirado as well. But Brownfield has some players too. Yeah, you know, one that really stands out to me is Chili Morin, who yep. has, has been moved around a lot in, in his career and thrived in each position he's been at. Mm-hmm. Um, other ones still need to still need to dive into this game a little bit uh, but they're a really productive group quarterback and perimeter play running back with Morin and mm-hmm. then those guys um, you know they're small enough that they they rotating and go in on defense and another thing that really stands out to me about this game is just the fact that it very well could be a bi-district playoff matchup between shallow water and really good and, and brownfield that that's that's totally in the realm of possibilities and um obviously if that happens someone's gonna have an upper hand it's and, and honestly, it's probably the losing team because uh, you don't really gain as much from a film that you win as much as you lose. Well, that that, and then he, here's the other thing, at least from my perspective, that the one thing that you're going to see is a really good football game, first of all, because you picked it. For some reason, uh, you, you've been a, able to find some pretty good games the last couple games, which is good for you. But I think from a fan perspective, I think the one thing you're going to see is a lot of passing and a lot of running. Because as we mentioned, uh, not only can Cutter Sparks throw the ball, but he can also run the ball as well. So that makes him a dynamic player in that sense and that's going to make it very difficult for the uh, brownfield cubs to kind of play him defensively and i'm kind of interested to see how they handle that because slayton has a very dual threat quarterback in uh, Kavandra Gober, I believe. Uh, Laz Galindo. L- Laz Galindo. Why do I forget? Laz Galindo's the quarterback. Wrote about him. Came from the six-man ranks. So I'm interested to see how they're able to slow down Chili Marine. Uh, pardon me. Uh, how they're able to slow down Cutter Sparks because not only can he throw the ball, but he can run the ball. If you're able to contain him, maybe kind of put a fence around him, as Don likes to kind of mention that term, I think they're going to have some so, some fun there and make it a game. Yeah, shallow water really brings a one-two punch too because it's not only Cutter Sparks, not only in the running game, also the passing game. But Braxton yeah. Gerardo is our uh, number two rusher with more than 600 rushing yards this season too. So it's it's going to be a massive, massive challenge to try to slow them down. But they do have the offensive weapons to match them. I think that their lowest point total is uh, 28 points, which is what Slayton held them to. Other than that, they've been dominant. Uh, so this is their second crack at, at a really high-caliber opponent. Not only that, but then they, like you said, I, I, I definitely agree with that. It's going to be two high-scoring offenses. Could be something where you see a 45-42 to 42 game. I mean, it's just one of those where it's going to be a fun one. I know there's some other ones as well where we've got some offensive teams. I know one that kind of stood out to me, and you can kind of mention some of the other ones you want to, but Lubbock Christian Tulia, that one could be one where Alex Timmons, he's uh, leading leading the the uh, passing ranks, not necessarily – is he top? I can't he's remember. He's second. He's Se- second he's behind Sawyer-Robertson. Correct, yeah. So we have two underclassmen, our only two players thus far to break a 1,000 yards, which I would say is the beginning of an above-average season. You know, uh, I think that 200 passing yards per game is is pretty average, and, and these guys are just blowing that out. Uh, Timmons, 12 TDs, three interceptions, really good ratio. And then Sawyer-Robertson – uh, 14 TDs, zero interceptions in his his first year starting. And he could see a pretty good game because, of course, they're hosting. Uh, uh, who's the home Who's the home team? Technically, Coronado is going to okay, be the home so, team. Okay, so so Coronado will be hosting uh, Lubbock High at Plains Capital Park at Lowry Field. Should be an interesting game, only in a sense that Lubbock High. I and you can kind of attest to this. If there's one thing I know about them, they are a drive, a drive control or ball control, milk the clock type of team. If they're able to get 
13 to 14 play drives where you get six to seven minutes off the clock, they are in a good position to win, especially if they're able to get the ball into the end zone. And Coach Pards mentioned this a couple times when we've spoken to him, when I've spoken to him. His offense is not even close to what they want it to be, but it's certainly developing, as you mentioned, Soy Robertson, sophomore quarterback, kind of figuring out his way in the pocket and just kind of figuring out, hey, if I throw something to Blair Conrad, he's going to make a play. That's a guy that I think may have a really big game. I know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think we're recording this on his birthday. I've been watching the Twitter stuff, and that's the only thing that's been <laughs> on my Twitter feed today along with Texas Tech stuff. But uh, certainly those are two guys that could really make some big plays. But, I mean, Lubbock High has some guys too. Noah Gutierrez is a guy that could really uh, make – a couple plays there, but I, I think uh, that that's going to be one that probably favors Coronado, uh, depending on how the offensive line works out. I know that's the one thing Seth Pars talked about is if he can get his offensive line going, the offense will start kind of fi- figuring itself out at some point. It really has. You've seen Blair Conright's numbers double over yes. the past two weeks. Um, Sawyer Robertson, obviously, but I like what uh, Lubbock is doing because uh, you've got Noah Gutierrez. I think he's one of the area's most valuable players and, and least talked about players. Mm-hmm. And then Joe Molinar in the Lamine the game doubled his uh, receiving yardage for the season. He's hovering around 250 and uh, was dangerously close to cracking the uh, the top 10 uh, when he was way off pace just a week beforehand. But we had Shane Steven on the coaches show earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And he said it's no secret. They're just going to try to run ball control and, yep. and keep their keep their own defense off the field by uh, you know using the offense and using Gutierrez, using Molinar, um, a, a set of really capable running backs. Um, I'll tell you what, this team does look better uh, than it do- than it did last season. I mean, mm-hmm. three of four games have been decided by one possession. They're one and two in those one games. One was a double overtime game where mm-hmm. you give up the give up that last point, which is tough because, I mean, if depending on how things fly, they could have two or three <laughs> wins at this point. So, I mean, it just goes to show how close they are and just how uh, gritty of a team it, it has been for them. But I guess what, what are some other games that you're kind of looking forward to to kind of j- just on the radar stuff that we kind of talked about in the newspaper? Uh, a game that really has me intrigued is Carrollton Prince of Peace at Trinity Christian, which is actually at Lobo Stadium in, in Level Land. Yep. It's uh, the Lions' home field. Um, Prince of Peace is a team that has been blowing away people in the Metroplex. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trinity Christian, um, they had a rough time against Sundown. Yep. Sundown's probably better than Prince of Peace. Um, a lot more dynamic playmakers. <laughs> and uh, Daniel Wheeler. Um, could be he, Mr. Texas he, tomorrow. He could wake up and be Mr. Texas football on, on Friday morning. On oh, Friday, yeah, that's and, right. And, uh, yeah, he had 247 yards on six catches and a, a fumble recovery for a touchdown as well. So looking forward to seeing that one and, and where Lubbock stacks up against kind of the Dallas area. Um, let me let me take a quick look. Yeah, because uh, sun, I mean, Sundown to Hoka obviously is a a really interesting game. You've got the new leading rusher Malik Jeffers. Uh, sorry, Malik, uh, Malik Hamilton. Hamilton. Sorry, that's uh, you're thinking of Malik name. Jefferson of Texas. Yes, I Come am. Come on, <laughs> Malik Hamilton. He's at 679 yards. Yep, uh, really doing a good job for Tahoka going up against uh, Christian Huey, who is one of the area's most dynamic players. Mm-hmm. No matter what classification you're talking about, and not only that, but then you got a dynamic wide receiver in Stephen Quintanilla, who I had to talk to pretty early last week as we uh, went to the Lubbock. ISD cross country meet was telling me and kind of joked he's like it doesn't get old now for me I play football one night the next morning about six to five six to eight hours later I'm on a cross country meet and kind of running so certainly you've got a lot of playmakers there for the roughnecks but I think the one thing for Tahoka if their defense can slow down uh, just 
maybe one or two of their playmakers on the wide receiver side, I think they have a chance because Malik Hamilton, brother of uh, Juwan Hamilton, if they're able to establish a run game, milk the clock a little bit, I mean, obviously, if you break a big run, that's going to certainly help you. But the one thing you don't want to do is give Sundown extra possessions or just give them the football. And I think if they're able to do that, I think that could give them a uh, a slight chance to win this one. But Sundown certainly has a lot of athletes. Yeah, Sundown's looked really good the past couple of weeks, too. Another game that we'll be staffing is Post at Slayton. Yes. Uh, Post, I think, is really trying to figure itself out right now. I think they've been dealing with some injuries of their own. Yeah. Um, they're very young and Slayton, I think we, we've covered them and what we think of them the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tigers will be trying to avenge a 39-6 loss to Post last season. Post, Post was pretty good last year. I mean, they, they obviously had a lot of good running backs, as they normally do. Tatum Thetford, I think, could be the guy that everyone's going to look for to try and make some plays for them. But we'll, we'll see what happens because, uh, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I'm not I'm not kind of chugging the Kool-Aid. I'm kind of sipping the Slayton Kool-Aid right now. But the fact that they had a really, really close loss to New, New Deal really shows me that there's something special going on with the Tigers. No doubt. Just a couple of more. Estacado's going to try to – get back on the winning side of things after a really tough loss to, to Hereford that kind of blindsided us here in this office against uh, Old High from Wichita Falls. I think they'll be favored in that game. Oh, absolutely. Idaloo is really hot. They're 3-1. and one The old Wildcats. And, and now they're bringing in Muleshoe, and I think that that's going to be a telltale game for, for Muleshoe, but also for Idaloo. Yeah, well, the interesting thing for me is Idaloo is known for running the football. That's what they are. That's what they will be. I mean, I've, I've spoken to to, to their coaching staff, and that's one thing that they really do pride themselves on is running the football, playing good defense. And if you're able to do that, you're definitely going to beat a mule shoot team that is looking to pass the football, at least the the the, the last several years that I've been covering the team. So we'll see uh, how that thing goes. I mean, if it's a offensive scoring game where mule shoot scores 40 points, obviously something went wrong for Idaloo. But if it's a, I don't know, 28 10 victory for Idaloo. I think that's exactly what Idaloo wants. They want four or five scores, and if they're able to get the ball in with a, either a play-action pass or a running running touchdown, I think they're in a good position to win. Exactly right, and they look more like a classic Idaloo team than, than last year's aberration. Yeah, absolutely. Is that it? I think so, unless you want to talk about Randall friendship. Uh, Randall's been a, kind of a struggling team yeah. coming in. Uh, could be – I think that game's too close to call. Um, and I'm really excited to see the result of that one as friendship begins breaking in new quarterbacks, unfortunately. Um, star quarterback Austin Phillips won Mr. Texas football in week one yep. uh, is done for the year. Yeah, which I think that's going to be the, the, the biggest storyline for friendship is how do they deal with adversity and how much more adverse can you get than losing your starting quarterback who looked really good, obviously could throw the football. The one thing, as I mentioned, each time we talk about the Friendship Tigers, if they can keep the turnovers down, they're going to be a really, really good offensive team because if, if you turn the ball over as much as they do, you're giving they're, you're not putting your defense in a good position to try and slow down the football, especially when you put the opposing team in a very easy position to score. But I like Friendship. We'll see how they do. But I, I, I would think they're favored. Yes, they are kind of trying to get a new quarterback in. But I think what they have right now with Drew Hocutt and some of the other wide receivers, I think they're kind of due for a big breakout game, and we'll see how things kind of turn out there. No doubt. And, and with that, yeah, just excited to, to get out there and start seeing these results come down, starting with uh, Abilene Cooper and Monterey on Thursday night. Absolutely. And then, of course, uh, for you, you can follow us on 
the Twitter at Lone Star Varsity. And then, of course, LubbockOnline.com will have updates there as well. And Mike Graham, he'll be uh, at AJ underscore Mike Graham. He'll, of course, be in Brownfield covering shallow water at Brownfield. That one should be a good one. And then, of course, for all the other games, you can follow at Lone Star Varsity. We'll be retweeting all the writers that we have at all the games. And then, of course, you can check out all the stats which will come out on thursday we're recording this on wednesday in thursday's edition of the lubbock avalanche journal along with all our daily and friday coverage brought to you all by mike who types it all up that's why he's tired appreciate you gutting it out buddy what else you got no doubt just uh yeah i think i think that's a wrap for this week and uh, once again just excited to get out there sounds like a plan once again we appreciate everyone listening to another edition of the lone star varsity podcast i'm the sports editor carlos silva is joined alongside by mike graham we appreciate you listening we'll talk to you next week Music.